very abrupt. Welcome to the Heat Check Podcast. I am your host, Chris Patrick. Back to you live. It is August 4th, 2020. Wow, what the heck are the Cardinals doing? Man, we got a lot to talk about. With me to do that and break it all down, as always, is Mr. Ben. Oh shit, Michael Benjamin. I'm on, I'm off tonight, man. I'm off. What's going on? What up? What up? Yo, Chris, you just went back in time, dude. You went back to 2020. It's like COVID all over again, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. I'm like, <laughs> hey, man, I'm doing good. I hope you're doing well. It's, it's, we're almost to the weekend. Uh, super excited for this weekend, actually. We're going to be heading out to Cardinals training camp on Saturday uh, to take a look at red and white practice. But we've already had a lot of stuff going on this week. So I'm excited to be here with you and chat about what we're seeing. And first and foremost, free BG, baby. Yeah. Free BG, no doubt. That's really that's really sad. She uh if anyone just to touch on it real quick, the news is that uh her verdict came out in the trial in Russia today. So nine year sentence. Um, I was seeing that they're gonna ne- negotiate that down and there's still some I think there's still some hope that she could be coming home. So keeping the hope alive, um, either shortening it significantly to just a few months or time served or whatever. But uh let's get BG home. Um and with any updates, we'll get that out there. Uh, yeah, Mike. Mike said, "I'm really excited to go to red and white practice. I haven't been in years, years." Mike, when's the last time you went out there? Uh I mean, honestly, man, was it the last time that we went when uh, Jake Coker was on the team? What was yeah, that? 2016. I, I think so yeah, so like six years ago. That's hard to imagine. The time just flies, man. It's definitely a different vibe when uh, training camp is in Glendale than compared to back in the day when it used to be in Flagstaff. I felt like the Flagstaff training camps were just, they were a little bit more personal, right? Like, obviously, you're not in the huge stadium of State Farm and, you know, players are walking right by you. You're basically at ground level with them. I can't tell you how many autographs, you know, I used to get when I was a kid going over there. Um, So it's, it's a different vibe. It's not my favorite. Uh, but you know, it's free to the public and it's a good opportunity to kind of see some of these new guys who are coming into the fold and especially that red, white practice is, is good. Cause it's really your first kind of true game action that you're seeing instead of, you know, the drills, seven on sevens, one-on-one matchups, whatnot, uh, that they've been doing for the past week since training camp started, but, uh, definitely excited. It's going to be a good time. Uh, and hopefully we'll gather some content out there for everybody. Yeah, most definitely. I'm excited for that. We'll take the the tripod out there, the the selfie stick, if you will, and uh, <laughs> see if we can get some VSV content. Oh, I got to show you later. Actually, this might be a, a bit premature, but I'm going to tell you, uh, Sabrina has been helping me make a Valley Sports Plug T-shirt. Oh That's hell yeah! As like a prototype, if we want to get some merch up in the future. But uh, so far we got um, the part of the logo on the back, that red circle with the AZ in the middle. And then underneath, I think I'm going to put Valley Sports plug. And then trying to trying to figure out, I want to do like a small thing here. I'm thinking like a logo or, um, you know, she was suggesting something else. So we we definitely have some other logo mock-ups, so more to come on that for sure. But um, just to kind of real quick touch on what everything else is going on, of course, training camp. Uh, we got Hollywood Brown speeded down the 101. Definitely want to talk about that. Apparently, just breaking earlier this afternoon, we got assistant running back coaches uh, facing two domestic battery charges uh, stemming from an incident in May. 
Um, so we, the Cardinals are just kind of a mess right now. And then on top of that, you got a uh, Jay Crowder sending out cryptic tweets. Does he want to, was this a trade request? Is there something he's gone to James Jones with? Um, I was trying to pull it up real quick, uh, what the tweet was, but, um, we can dive. We, I definitely want to dive into that. And then anything else that comes up, you know, we're live right now. So if you are joining us, um, I think we might try and get some pinned comments up there. But yeah, leave some comments and you might help uh, drive the drive the show or, or, you know, bring something up that we might have overlooked. So always looking for some input. But uh, yeah, Mike, you ready to get on into this? Yeah, of course. And before we start, though, remember, this is the Heat Check podcast, a Valley Sports Plug production. Follow us to join in the conversation. As Chris said, obviously, uh, Valley Sports Plug on Facebook and Twitter at Arizona BSP. You can follow Chris at 1993 MFC on Twitter. Follow myself on all socials at Mike underscore Ben Jammin. To listen to all of our podcasts back, you can go to Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube page at Valley Sports Plug. That's where all of our live streams happen. That's where everything's going down. So please join us. Yeah. All right, Chris, over yep. to you. Thank you, sir. And I just wanted to mention, um, if you uh, picked us up from any social media or saw the, our posts, uh, Delmo, Delmo Sons is going to be joining us. Uh, he has a lot of insight, or not inside knowledge, but he has a lot of knowledge on uh, Arizona Cardinals, Phoenix Suns. Love having him on. He's a friend of the show. Uh, he's in the VSP family, a contributor, if you will. So uh, he should be joining us here pretty soon. And as soon as he, he pops up in the in the stream yard here, I'm going to bring him on. But uh, yeah, me and Mike will get it started here um, and kind of look at these woes going on with the Cardinals already. Just training camp off to a disaster. Uh, I was telling you about this story with the hotel and it was leaking from the storms. And then there's like a dispute. They had to move hotels. I think they're at the wigwam now. Um, they're back at the uh, back at is this State Farm Stadium or is it? Get, it is still State Farm Stadium. It's right? still State Farm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's there State it, Farm Stadium. I wish it was Pink Tonko. You remember when when the stadium was first built and that was one of the options that it was going to be? Yeah, dude, that would have been legendary if that if they would have been able to pull that off. The Pink Taco, yeah, my goodness. The Pink Taco. It was was it just going to be the Pink Taco or was it going to be no, like the it, Pink Taco Stadium? It, yeah, it probably would have probably been something like that. Even the still, Pink Taco Stadium. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> if the Pelicans. The King Center. Why can't we have the Pink Taco Stadium? Anyway, um, so you got that. Like I said, uh, kind of touched on. Now Hollywood Brown got arrested for uh, criminal speeding, doing 126 in the opposite direction of training camp. I would imagine he's going to face a suspension of some extent. Uh, speaking of suspensions, DeAndre Hopkins came out and it, I, I think when it was initially initially breaking, I don't know if it ever came from him, but I had heard that they they didn't they chose not to appeal it. And then now he's coming out and saying, no, it's not that we didn't choose we chose to appeal it because we didn't have time. And I just find that hard to believe that you didn't have time to appeal any kind of suspension. Or even why still today, before the season starts, you can't appeal a suspension. Like we've known about the suspension for months now. This isn't anything new to now in training camp, you're going to be dropping that. So that's, that's what, that's what on a surface level is just going on. And I think just to, just to kick it off and maybe, maybe we can ask Davey what he thinks later when he gets in here. But do you think the, do you think the Cardinals have like a culture problem or what, what is going on, Mike? Uh, a lot is going on and a lot of the not right things seem to be going on. 
Um, everything but football, it seems. Um, as far as the DeAndre Hopkins episode, I guess if you want to call it that, I how could you say that you don't have enough time? I thought that the positive drug test came back in like November of last year. So obviously his camp yeah. wasn't crept in the dark about it. The NFL probably talked about, hey, well, these are the possible repercussions. Uh, and there's obviously some kind of, you know, breakdown of what kind of suspensions comes from, you know, positive drug tests in that kind of situation. So you can expect what might happen. But for you to not say that you didn't have enough time, I, I just think that's a joke. I think a lot of this has come down from what we're seeing with Deshaun Watson and his uh, penalty that he's facing for all of the sexual misconduct allegations and whatnot. So it's the same thing, dude, that we're seeing with what happened with the Kyler Murray um, contract craziness and the uh, addendum for the homework clause. And obviously this isn't to the same degree, but what I'm saying is one thing has come out. You chose to go down that route. Now something else is coming down that's kind of being contradictory to what you your thought process was about it where you know for kyler murray and the cardinals their camps were probably just like okay yeah the homework clause this is easy this is something that is just kind of be part of his uh you know weekly routine nobody will think twice about it and then you get backlash well deandre hopkins is like well i got a drug suspension and i tested positive i'm not going to fight it but now this new information has come out from deshaun watson and now he looks kind of crazy for not, you know, trying to fight it because of the leniency, I guess you could say, from the NFLPA in regards to Deshaun Watson's, um, you know, suspension time frame isn't really what it would seem should line up for a drug suspension. Um, so right. now he's backtracking. So we're just continuously backtracking. It's like, just stick to your guns, man. You did it. Like, go through your six games. Like, man up take it and then go forward like i there <laughs> you look stupid man that's that's all the cardinals have looked to begin this season we're looking yeah. stupid we're looking like we don't have our things together and now we're starting to see more injuries come about chris wesley just messed up his uh his leg i think it was either today or yesterday yeah uh, in a one-on-one -on -one drill yeah Hollywood Browns getting arrested. I know we're going to get, we're going to jump into that here shortly, but it's all the wrong things are happening right now for a first week of training camp. And I know yeah. that we've talked about this stuff in the past about no matter what, these little things will come out and be blown out of proportion. I guess if you want to say that just because of the nature of social media and how everything kind of comes to light, no matter what you can't hide anymore. But I don't know. I feel like in the past five, six years, it hasn't been this like crazy with just like suspension and then injury and now just craziness with the law. And now, now even a coach is getting in trouble. Like, boy, they, man, like we just got to get on the field and get some of that anger out and all the, and, and start yeah. hitting people, I think. That's the best course of action for this team. Because, um, man, these past two weeks, you know, basically going back to the Kyler Murray extension, it, it just ha have not been good. And we haven't looked um, – we haven't been looking uh, very pretty, I guess you could say. No, no, yeah. And that's, that's what I was bringing this up for is that when you Google Arizona Cardinals, the – 
I didn't, I don't know, like, I know YouTube is a little sketch about this stuff, so I didn't want to leave the D, DB on there, but uh, the, you just see the first story is about, is about this guy, you know, beating his wife or whatever in May, and then you got Marquise Brown speeding on the freeway, all, all these three stories, and then they, we have to get Marcel Aitman, and uh, yeah, that's the guy we just signed, right? Yeah, because Antoine Wesley got injured and is likely out for the season, so now there's a lot of a lot of questions and stuff is up in the air and it just it's not good to have all that be what what is coming out the gates and and not to not to beat a dead horse but like you said coming off the heels of that whole long drawn out um you know shit with Kyler Murray's contract negotiations and how that took forever and how that was brutal and his it's just a bad look for the team overall i get i get all the reasons why kyler had to fight for his money you know go for it but just how it all just ends up looking and the timing of it all when training camp is supposed to be kicking off, when we're supposed to hear about um, overblown projections about how good guys are looking in training camp. Because every year, these guys look like the next, you know, Tom Brady or Randy Moss in training camp or Larry Fitzgerald. They're like, oh, this guy is the future. But I'm okay with those kinds of stories. I can, you can blow smoke up my ass about how good the team is all day. But what I don't want to see is our team falling apart and, being embarrassed on a national stage before before we even play a single down in the regular season but oh yeah it's just got to get on the field at this point man we got to have something else to talk about than all the secondary nonsensical bullshit that's been going on um (laughs) i did want to talk about hollywood brown a little bit um and what happened it was yesterday right um, yeah, I think, I think it was he, yesterday morning. He was arrested around 7 a.m. Um, driving on the 101, going about 126 miles per hour. Now, I was seeing some people on Twitter almost comparing it to the Henry Rugg situation, where I I don't think I can lean that far into it. Um, I'm pretty sure Henry Ruggs was inebriated. He was going 156 yeah. miles per hour, and he, he killed, killed a person. woman. So yeah. I'm not going that far into it. Um, I'm just more surprised that, uh, to be honest, anybody can be driving that fast on the 101 at 7 a.m. with with um, traffic going on. I they mean, did say he was in the HOV lane, I think. Okay, but still, like, still, yeah, I, it can get it can get gridlocked that early. Um, I was asking Bree about it this morning, and she said, "No, there's not that much traffic that early." And I was like, well, "What are you talking about? Like, people are going to work at 8 a.m., so they're on the roads a little bit earlier." I know yeah. you're not out out here that early anymore because you're in the super super East Valley now. But mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I got a little bit of a chuckle out of that. Obviously, it's not a good situation. Um, thankfully, nobody was injured and whatnot, but it's just another thing an unnecessary item that uh the cardinals have to deal with going into uh the start of preseason and i mean <laughs> i know that you talked about possible suspensions coming down I, I i don't know have we ever seen anything like that for criminal speeding it's driving a car i mean what would he get maybe one game i don't know if he'd get suspended i think it would just be maybe a fine if anything because it's yeah, not I like see that it's not like drug related or it's not like 
misconduct or sexual abuse where that's where we see our preliminary um you know penalties coming down and whatnot but i could definitely see a fine coming from it um but goodness man there, oh dude and we forgot yeah. to say kyler i'm pretty sure kyler's out for the next two weeks at least because of covid because he has covid Oh, that's right. They said uh, he would be reevaluated in like five days from when the announcement was, and I think that was the day we went. Um, okay, when we were out. But, but yeah, I think that it's definitely it's not fair to compare it to the Henry Ruggs situation. Um, obviously, that is way different, and you can what if game about a whole bunch of things. Uh, I just wanted to show real quick here if I could pull it up. Um, oh, oh, I didn't notice these until just now. But we got Jesse McCain in the chat. Or I'm sorry, McCain is my name. I, I shouldn't double, I know, in the chat. <laughs> but um, he says, if I can pull it up, my dudes, we need Larry Legend back in the receiver room. There it is. No kidding. We need some leadership oh my God, in the yeah. receiver room because these guys are tripping. And so now when we go and roll out to the Bengals next weekend or next Friday, I think it is, are we going to have be well, – Okay, so I guess rewinding. I'm getting ahead of myself because I think you're right. I don't think he's going to get um, a suspension. I think maybe I was jumping the gun on that. A fine seemed more fair for something like that. Um, am I coming through okay? I feel like I'm kind of lagging on my end. You lagged a couple of times, but you're doing okay. It just like will cut for a second, oh, no. but then you come back in. So I try not to say it every single time because then it just looks crazy. But I think you're all right. You're just doing too much over there, Chris. You're thinking yeah, think too I... much. Just let it let it fly, man. This computer is just like my brain. It just gets it gets overworked and then it shorts. It's trying to do too much at once and then it gets short shorted out and it starts tripping. Oh, here I can close out throws. I think I can do that. There you Love go. That close up. some close some apps or something. But yeah, yo, that's got to be Jesse, right? Jesse, what up, man? Yo, bring back Larry. Absolutely. Close. I saw like, him at the Y a couple of months ago and he's still I in think football so. shape, I man. Think so. That guy that guy, uh, he, he's a they call him legend for a reason. Um, I mean, you probably have to stick him at slot receiver, he's going to be limited, he's getting up there. But I, I just am um, at the point where I feel really sad that we didn't get to give him a proper send off for arguably the best Arizona icon, uh, sports wise of all time. He just basically kind of like said, Yep. No, uh, no, I'm not retiring. Uh, I, I'm mulling it over. I'm mulling it over. And then now three years later, we're like, um, you're retired, right, Larry? And he's like, oh, yeah, but I'm never officially going to be retired. <laughs> but I don't right. know if it's just in the receiver room right now. We got too much young blood and not enough, um, you know, true leadership. Uh, obviously, we want Kyler to be that kind of leader, but each room needs to have – you know, somewhat of a veteran presence or somebody who steps up to be the leader of that unit, you know? Yeah. And right now with the wide receivers, who's like the oldest on our, or uh, in that room, AJ Green, you know, AJ uh, yeah. Green is still, AJ Green is still fighting for 
his position in this league and still, you know, to be somewhat of a renowned name in, you know, the top wide receivers in the league. So I think he has other things on his mind. Um, and obviously natural leadership comes with age and being in the league and whatnot. So hopefully he can wrangle these young kids up, but ah, it's time to lock it in time to lock it in boys. That's what it's all about. Yeah. They, they got to tighten up the ship. And I think that is the one benefit though. I think like you keep saying, we need to just see him get on the field and start playing football. Cause that is the one thing that can flip the narrative. Once the games start getting played, especially if they're winning, if they're competitive, then then all of that goes away and you don't and you can put it all behind you and we've talked about how it's going to be a rocky ship at first you got um some guys out some key pieces out they're dropping like flies but you still have a lot you know you got zach Ertz, you got pretty solid um you know healthy defense that i think will be able to to hold down the fort on that end and now we got um who's the center we just got back i'm my goodness um, Hudson, Rodney Hudson. Help me out. Yeah, Rodney Hudson. Thank you. Thank you. And he, I think one of the, I saw that one of the major outlets ranked him a top 10 or top five center in the league, something like that, somewhere in that range. So having having that core piece, having Kyler secured, having James Conner coming back, you yeah, you we got you know Hopkins out. Um, Hollywood Brown has had it, he, he even had a tweaked like hammy or something. Hopefully that doesn't linger and he can be healthy week one because he's gonna have to be the number one option for the first six weeks and solid and healthy because we can't we can't have to rely on rondale Moore. and now i, I should have if my computer wasn't tripping out and i wasn't doing too much i would was going to pull up the roster because off the top of my head we signed that guy aitman today but i can't think of who is the number is going to be the number three receiver behind rondale Moore. do, oh my do God, you know is it gonna have to be andy isabella oh yeah we do still have that guy don't we i was a I was a strong believer in Isabella when we drafted him, but mostly and naively because of the Madden video game. <laughs> um, I think he, we had a conversation about this. He, they thought he was going to be the goat. Like he was like, oh you could God, yeah. naturally develop him through like three, four seasons to be over 90 overall. And just like a speedster, like you would think it was Wes Welker um, and Julian Edelman had a baby and then was given steroids like that was andy isabella in madden um i think it was what would that be madden 20 or madden 19 one of those right but around there regardless I, I believed in the kid and there was even like like i talked about all the news that usually comes out during training camp like oh this guy used to travel with a with a ball throwing machine so he wherever whatever city he went to he could just go to a park and have football started him that's how hard he works you know um oh kyler murray completed 25 passes in a row today and threw six touchdowns in practice like oh he's looking really good you know those are the stories that normally heard and that's what was being said about andy isabella the, that ball throwing machine story specifically and so everything was like oh this is a fast guy kind of underrated it's a steal in the draft and so far i don't know if it's lack of opportunity or lack of development or just maybe he's not cut out for the league but i haven't seen him be the guy that was sold to us in the draft no, he hasn't. Oh, I'll go back to the Madden thing. So I watch a lot of like Madden YouTube um, and guys play it. I, I just think it's very entertaining. I don't play it very much myself, but I'll watch those kind of like um, fantasy draft leagues where people will draft, you know, guys from any any team to one team and kind of create a roster from there. And Andy Isabella was always for probably like the past two, three years, like a top 
two or three round pick because you could always develop his speed and then Madden yeah. speed kills. Yeah. And it, uh, unfortunately for the guy, he just really hasn't panned out. And I don't know if it's been truly he's an undersized wide receiver and the speed he hasn't been able to create that breakaway true speed for being undersized um, like a cheetah, you know, like a Julian Edelman, obviously Julian Edelman wasn't a speedster, but he was really clinical in his route running and knew mm -hmm. how to get off cuts early and quick to create space for himself. Um, and it just hasn't translated. And obviously it sucks because you, it's always a crapshoot when it comes to the NFL draft. You don't know who you're really going to get unless you're picking like a first overall pick. Those guys always seem to pan out. You know, which is different from the NBA, right? You know, you could pick in the top five and you really don't know if those guys are going to truly be game changers. Um, but, you know, who was the pick right after Andy Isabella? DJ or DK Metcalf. And DK yeah. just got his big contract and has been kind of a force in the league. Now we'll see what happens with his quarterback room in Seattle and, and what he does next year, but... Um, would I have liked to have, to have DK Metcalf over Andy Isabella? I think that's an easy, uh, easy answer. Uh, yeah. every, every day of the week that ends in Y, but you know, here it is. That opportunity has finally um, found itself for Andy Isabella. Now, he, not saying that he's going to be a top two receiver, but he should have all the opportunity to start this season to get in the mix get on the field, get 50% of the share of the play shares, especially if uh, Wesley is hurt for any kind of extended amount of time. Obviously Hopkins is out for the first six weeks and Marquise Brown. I mean, his hamstring, he's already been back out there, but hamstrings can be tricky. You just really don't know what you're going to get with them. It might be great today and then really stiff tomorrow. So He's going to have his opportunities, but this is basically his last shot. So I hope I hope we can get something out of him to get, um, you know, our money's worth for that pick. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, that would be that would be great. And like you're saying, this is this is definitely his shot. You know, maybe he's been waiting in the wings and they, he just hasn't like like I was kind of posing the question. I was wondering, does he, is it for lack of opportunity? And so I think it, it could, that could have something to do with it. Obviously we don't see what's happening in camp or in practice, but in his rookie year, he had 13 targets of those were nine receptions for 189 yards and one touchdown. So that's 21 yards of reception. So he had some, sounds like some big, some big plays, but overall, I mean, 13, 13 targets in 15 games not not a lot of usage but in his second year in 2020 he had 35 targets but only caught 21 of those um for 224 yards so basically only 35 yeah that's exactly 35 more yards so that was a 10.7 yard per reception average with two touchdowns so a little more usage um i i can't tell if that i mean off the top of my head that looks okay to me but I didn't, I can't, I don't, I'm not referencing what those plays actually looked like. And then last year he only played in eight games and had one reception on one target for 13 yards. And it was not a touchdown. <laughs> so he didn't use them at all last year. And we, that was even while Hopkins was out and AJ mm -hmm. green was struggling. And 
we basically were and so wesley came out of nowhere and, and jumped over him so is there something where cliff just doesn't see him in his system or what is the what is keeping isabella from being the guy that was sold to us so i think if he does get out there it's not like we've never seen this before we've seen players whether it's a flash in the pan season um a linsanity type thing if you will i know that doesn't i don't know that term might not translate to fo for football fans but it, we could see a guy that has been uh in the league a while all of a sudden break out and either have sustained success or have you know a couple of seasons of success um a peyton hillis if you will i know there's more to that story um, if you don't know the Peyton Hillis story, it's kind of a strange one, but, um, I just, I, I would hate to get pleasantly optimistic about Andy Isabella's future again, and then just to be disappointed when he rolls out there and doesn't produce. Yeah. I mean, he was drafted in the same draft as Kyler Murray, wasn't he? I so think so. 2019. So I don't think you can go and say that he wasn't a Cliff Kingsbury guy. I mean, that was when Cliff came in. So yeah. Cliff had to have a little bit of a say in it. But yeah, I mean, if you can't get on the field last year with the injuries that we were going through and not make a, a contribution at all, it, it, it might be tough that it might be you get what you get. But I, I want to have faith to give him one last opportunity to see if he can really make an impact here. Um, because we need, we need somebody else, obviously. It, it, we just need fillers at least to start the season, right? Because once D hop gets back into the fold, then you can put him and Marquise Brown on the outsides. You can put Mond Rondell Moore in the slot. You could start mixing in your tight end packages with Trey McBride and Zach Ertz. And there's going to be less opportunities for a fourth or fifth string receiver like Andy Isabella or a, a Wesley. So I, I, this is the time, you know, th to start the season, the first six weeks. This is your last opportunity. So I hope he makes the best of it because obviously he hasn't in the past couple of years, but, you know, uh, Fortune favors those who stick around long enough, I guess. So, yeah, and you make a good point. Obviously, if if Cliff is the one who drafted him, which it looks like it is, um, then you would think that that's definitely a guy he felt was going to be in his system. And there's a reason he's making the 53 man roster every year. If they didn't think that Andy Isabella was of use to him, I don't think he'd be on the team anymore because there probably would be another team out there that would at least give him some draft pick or something. Like if they truly thought it wasn't worth keeping Isabella, so. There's something there. So, I mean, I, I'm i not going to say I'm optimistic, but I want to see the kid get a chance. Um, I want to see what he's got. Um, maybe as the number two receiver or number even the number three slot guy. Um, I don't know I, enough about him to say if he's an over-the-top kind of guy or a quick-cut kind of guy. I think those are pretty much the two main types of receiver. But, I mean, he's definitely not going to catch anything over top of your head. He's five foot nine, um, So, we really... We really need D hop back. Um, I think Kyler kind of relies on that too. Cause a short guy throwing to another short guy, maybe there's some challenges there too. Um, where, where Kyler needs a bigger target, especially if he's trying to throw it over the line. Um, so we, we shall see, 
but I'm excited to go to training camp on Saturday and see what type of content we can film. Uh, maybe I'll have my shirt done by then. And uh, hopefully the practice doesn't get cut early. Uh, have you heard about multiple scuffles breaking out and, and Cliff getting a little upset about it? Oh, yeah. Um, I saw the one with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Isaiah Simmons the other day. I yep. think Mark, Marco Wilson had made a nice play on the ball. Um, got a pick right over D-Hop while he was sliding out to the left side. And Marco Wilson kind of got up to celebrate, dropped the ball. And then Isaiah Simmons jokingly tossed the ball uh, to DeAndre Hopkins. And it didn't seem like D-Hop was very thrilled about that. Um, but Isaiah Simmons did come out and say that, you know, him and D-Hop are really close friends. So it's more of that just competitive nature coming out. But yeah, yeah, I, that's part of training camp. I mean, guys are fighting for their lives, man. You know, you have 90 Literally. plus players out there only fighting for what is 54 spots, 54 spots or 53 spots. Yeah. Um, so and guys are fighting for their livelihood. So they're putting it all on the line. I'm not surprised to see that. Uh, I did see, I think there was a, was it New Orleans Saints offensive lineman or was it Green Bay Packer? I think it was New Orleans Saints. Uh, it was a rookie uh, offensive lineman who had started three straight scuffles for three straight days of practice. And, and they, they just kicked him out. They were just like, yeah, <laughs> sorry, man, <laughs> that's enough. So at least we're not seeing that. Um, yeah. But we're seeing the, you know, Guys have been waiting to get back on the field, especially to get in pads and start hitting players. There's only so many times you can go through walkthroughs of plays or slight jogging, catching the ball and that kind of stuff. You know, this is what these guys are built for. So that those competitive juices come flying out all at once. But if they cut if they cut the red white practice short, man, I'm gonna throw a bitch fit, man. You can best believe that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'll be pissed, especially go driving all the way out to Glendale. Like they got to understand, like you said, I'm in the I don't even know if I'm considered East Valley anymore, because when you look <laughs> at a map, I'm like the Florida of the Valley. If we were the country. Right. I mean that in more ways than one. And you have no idea. But um, yeah, I just think I think it's it's natural for these guys to be competitive. You know, if you listen to uh, local sports radio, you got Ron Wolfley talking about about the the dog and the and the fight and you know these guys uh, they they see and they see every play as dull a lot of these guys see every play as dollar bills so even in training camp they're gonna go out there and, and try and get there so i get it but i also get like cliff kingsbury when he when he was asked about it he said he's not a fan at times it's hard to avoid but i don't like wasting time or the reps sometimes you have to call off practice and then the young guys at the end they don't get their two minute reps we've got to be more mature and handle the competition. Um, so that's a really good, a good, you know, um, point. He, he I, I agree with him hundred percent. You're, you're not only wasting the reps with your, that you get to have with your teammates, but a guy that is hungry and fighting for a spot on the team doesn't get to be seen, doesn't get his two minute of reps to, you know, try and catch a few passes and impress the coaches and, and show that he deserves to be bumped up the depth chart. Um, so hopefully, I think they're going to be able to tighten the ship, though. Zayvon Collins didn't seem too worried about it. He said it's not fighting. It's just two guys. You've got pads on from here up. Uh, we're going to do – what are you going to do? So he, they're just they're just bumping chests. They're just, you know, blustering. So I think he's – he's like, like Mike, you, you know how it is. And I'm sure Cliff knows this, too. In the heat of the moment, 
um, in the heat of the game, you're going to get, you're going to, you might bark at each other. You might bite each other a little bit, metaphorically speaking, but at, when, when it's all said and done and you step off the field, you're homies again and it's all good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're all professional athletes. They know what they're here for. So they're going to make the right decisions at the end of the day. Uh, but I, I do kind of like to see some of that stuff because it, it really brings out the dog and everybody, right? You know, hey, I'm fighting for it. Are you going to um, step up to the plate or are you going to back down? So uh, I'm okay with it. I also am very happy with the sentiments that Cliff Kingsbury said, starting to set a precedence for his team where they, uh, you know, the focuses that they need to really key in on and let them know that I, I understand, but to a point we need to make sure that we're getting the work that needs to be done done correctly in in the amount of time that we have because truly it's there and it's gone really fast so you know now with only three preseason games that's less time that teams have to really corral in everybody uh, signify who's going to be where create your game plans and have everybody on the same page before the season starts I mean, we're yeah. at a month away now, you know, guys need to have that uh, playbook dialed in, you know, we need to start mm -hmm. seeing what kind of gadget plays we're going to get Rondale Moore or Andy Isabella involved in, you know, this is the time frame where that first week of training camp is used to fill out and feel out what you have as a unit and then start making those decisions pretty early on because I know guys are fighting for spots, but you're going to know who your core team is before you even have to make first cuts. So it's better to just get started on the work that really needs to be done earlier, you know, sooner rather than later. So um, I, I like that you said something about Zayvon Collins too. Bro has been getting torched in one-on-ones, man. As he gets running backs. Oh my goodness. Daryl Williams is taking him to school. James Connor is making him look like a fool. Oh, vey. I I mean, it's obviously everything just started, so I'm not gonna mm -hmm. read too much into it. But you know, as a inside linebacker, your primary one-on-one -on -one matchups are those running backs coming out of the flat. So he yeah. hasn't been looking too good, but um yeah. let's get some game time action in, and then we'll make uh the proper calls, I guess. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's just one of those guys that kind of mails it in, especially at the beginning of training camp. You know, it doesn't take it too seriously. I don't like that, but as long as he can crank it up on game day, I'll live with it. Um, so he'll be under the microscope when I'm out there on Saturday. I'm looking at you, Zayvon Collins. And maybe that, but maybe that's also, it could be, if it's not that, he could be, um, that's why he's downplaying the fighting because he's one of these guys out here getting frustrated that he's getting his, uh, you know, he's been make, made to look a fool, if you will. But, uh, Oh, I think Davey might be getting in here. Did he did he drop the StreamYard link to us? I don't know. But um I wanted to I wanted to bring up real quick um as far as preparations go, I was just noticing the preseason schedule, although shortened like you said, we and all and asterisks with the preseason. We are we have the Bengals, the Ravens and the Titans. So, those teams are good competition and we'll at least see their starters for a few reps even if it's Pro Bowl style offense or, you know, gameplay, if you will. But that's going to be a good preparation because if you remember, the first three games of the season are the Chiefs, the Raiders and the Rams. So 
hopefully they take that into account and actually, you know, although like what, like I said, they only play the first drive or the first quarter or whatever, they actually put some, puts a little more mustard on it to try and get ready for the hits that, that they're going to take when they actually start playing these, these top tier teams. Cause I mean, I would consider the Bengals and Ravens, you know, pretty high tier. I don't know top tier, but um, let's find out uh, what uh, Delmo thinks about all of this. Uh, bringing what, him uh, on now. What up? What's going on? What's going on, man? Man, you are just in time. We are squeezing the juice out of the Arizona Cardinals and all their <laughs> nonsense and shenanigans. And uh, so far, uh, we we I would love to kind of rewind and we can talk about a little bit of it. But we got the foolishness of Hollywood Brown doing 126 and a 65. Um, we got the foolishness of running back coaches getting to domestic violence charges. We got injuries to wide receivers. We got wide receiver signings. Um, and we got fighting in practice. Mike, does that about cover the topic so far? Yeah, that's a good start. And we got training camp going on. So I'll start with fighting in camp it or fighting in practice. I like to I like to see some that's Will Hernandez and JJ Rock, right? Is that who was in practice? They're fighting. Um maybe. I think I know there was a couple days. I think uh Cliff said that a couple days were shut down early in a row. So I know one of them we talked about was Isaiah Simmons and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and that turned out to be just like a brother pissing off another brother kind of thing. I know we experienced that this oh. morning today. <laughs> that same kind of thing, Doug. Um, Matt's never welcome back on the stream. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's cut off. Jesus. Cut him off. Okay. He disagrees with me. How dare he? Uh, no, yeah, I was reading um, Isaiah saying that Hop is one of his best friends on the team. So obviously the club's a connection. I like the idea that Will Hernandez coming in and kind of bringing some toughness. I I think J.J. Watt clearly is somebody that's going to go to bat whoever with whoever. He's not afraid of nobody. Um, shit, I didn't even hear about the running back coaches. Oh, you didn't get that? No, um, I didn't was, even see uh, it. Here, it I, came I, out I at like 5 o'clock this afternoon, so it's pretty recent. Yeah, running back oh, yeah. coach uh, James Saxon, uh, two, two counts of domestic violence from an incident in May. And he's still on the uh, – that's great. He's still been on the team, even though. Did they know about it since May? I mean, well, they said the they incident was to, in right? May. Ugh, who knows? They have to, right? These guys know everything. It's like, it's like a house of cards, man. These, how do these NFL teams don't know about any or everything about everybody's employed for them? It's right. When when you have like a billion dollar valuation, like you're literally right? a billion dollar company, if you will. Like, they so, they knew. What was the take on the, on the foolishness for Marquise Brown? What is it? Um, How do we feel? We feel like he should probably be fined, or he probably will be fined. I don't know if I think he should be fined. I don't like them taking people's money for stuff that's not related to football, but that's neither here Especially nor there. Especially if he didn't hurt anybody, you know what I mean? It's one right. There's a victim involved. Um, and Mike brought you know, up the way I look at it is, uh, I mean, if you drive on the 101 at 7 o'clock in the morning, if you're going to 85, you're going slow. Uh, there's times I'm tailgating all the time. So the good yeah. news is he was sober and he was driving to practice. Not there you go. <laughs> from, I mean, he could be driving home at 4 a.m. from club. It could be some uh, Michael yeah. Floyd shit. 
I mean, uh, the the one thing I will say is is that we had the same issue with Zayvon last year. He got caught one time driving too fast, and then everybody made a big deal about it for a week, and we never heard about it again because Zayvon figured out, hey, when you get caught criminal speeding, everybody in the world is going to find out if you play in the NFL. Yeah, uh, but AZ doesn't mess around rookie. with that shit either, too. You know. Yeah. Well, I wonder it, was was he running late to practice? Like, what was the time that he had to be at the facility? Was he? Are these guys just running late for practice because they live in the middle of like Scottsdale and Phoenix, and well, they have to drive? Uh, yeah, if he's living if he's living in fucking Scottsdale area, and let's, I mean, I'm assuming they said he got pulled over at what seven oh eight a.m. I think yeah. is what I saw. Um, it's stupid that they do training camp at the stadium anyways, I think. I, I hate Glendale so much, man. Uh, I, I wish that they could t- pick the stadium up and move it to Tempe because that's where it needs to be. Or drop yeah. it in the middle of Phoenix somewhere. It, it it needs to be somewhere central, man. I I love the Cardinals and I love football, man, but getting out to football games is such a hassle nowadays because of how yeah. far it is. I mean, you guys know. You guys live fucking – in the far east valley too it's really far for me yeah 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 i mean and and shit it feels like three quarters of the fans that go to the games are coming from the east valley so the i-10 is massively packed but but yeah i'm i'm hoping it was just a really just at the end of the day a dude running late um he hasn't had any issues in the past i don't think from what i've seen um he was just watching Top Gun Maverick the night before. Yeah, so. man, you gotta go fast. I don't blame <laughs> he him. He had the if he need for that. speed. I do not blame him if he's watching that, man. That was. I mean, well, Davey, when it comes to when it comes to the stadium being in Glendale, yeah, I I would love it to be in Tempe. Uh, it'd be way easier for us. 10, 15 minutes to get there. Um, but at the same time, I understand it gives something else for, you know, those West Side dwellers who have to always come to Phoenix or come this way for any, you know, professional sports. And if you're going to the game, it's normally you're making a day out of it, right? You know, I'm going yeah. to go tailgate. So obviously I'm well, leaving early. I'm setting up. I'm, I'm having some drinks, watching the game. And then when I leave, I leave. I understand that it's a whole day kind of scenario. But yeah, I think I don't have kids either. So it's different for you, you know? It was just for the first time we had season tickets since I was a kid. Last and last, I don't know, man. It just was, uh, we, it, it just got long. And maybe it was because everything was going well. And then we started going to games where we were losing and I'm, and I'm over it by then. And it could be that I'm kind of spoiled. I was spoiled with the Suns, man. But I feel like Glendale is still like, it's a 20, a 25 minute drive to the arena. Just like it is kind of for I'm in East Mesa and it's a 20 minute drive to the arena for the Suns. So that's why I feel like Phoenix is so great. And like my big thing is, is it would be one thing if the city of Glendale was a a city that kind of treated places like that equally. But we saw with the Coyotes, they they just kind of told them kick rocks. Um, And obviously it's the Coyotes and it's kind of hard to justify overpaying for a stadium that they're or arena that they're not gonna perform in and probably sell tickets in. I don't know. I haven't been to a Coyotes game since I was like twelve years old. But uh I've been to more concerts in that arena than I have in Coyotes <laughs> games, that's for sure. Than actual uh, games, right? Yeah. But um yeah I, I uh 
I think maybe if I go to one or two games this year, I'll be good. We didn't get we didn't renew our season tickets this year, so I'll definitely uh, try to get to one or two and know that it's going to be a game or a day of things. It's way more fun that way, anyways. But uh, yeah, I mean, with season tickets, you go to the preseason game, and and if you go with the wrong people. They're like, well, we came to the game. We better stay. I'm like, well, we could stay and go to Buffalo Wild Wings and eat and drink for a lot cheaper and still be at Westgate, and we went to half the game. And, uh, yeah, this year they didn't want to do that. So then they wanted to go to Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards when I was ready to go home. So, uh, Of course. Uh, <laughs> but uh, did you guys watch any of the game tonight? Oh, yeah, the Hall of Fame game was tonight, right? Yeah. Who was who was playing that? I did not. See uh, it. it was the it was the, it's the Raiders in Jacksonville. Uh, no one Trevor played. Lawrence. Yeah. No one played. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. Etn didn't Lame. play. But I did see. Um, I'm, I'm assuming since we're getting ready for fantasy football, we'll probably have some pods. Just fantasy football focus. I think that'd be great. But uh, I did yeah. see that Etn has been losing uh, reps to James Robinson, which is how it should be because James Robinson's a fucking stud. He's proven yeah. it the past two years. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what's his name? Hated him for whatever reason. Lawrence? Urban or the I mean, yeah. There's a reason Urban, Urban Meyer's coach, not, uh, Urban not Meyer. anymore. Like, after yeah. seven games, he stopped giving the ball. Insane. I know so many people that say that James Robinson made their team, like, over the top the last two years. Uh, um, yep. Um, I can say that. Yeah, your team was stupid. Your team was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking do you think it'd be Would too you... risky to live stream our draft? Why? J- just the draft uh, part. No. Okay, yeah, we can do just the draft part and not the shenanigans before and after. Oh, yeah. We can, no, we can, we can do, set up a draft. We shenanigans of. of we can definitely set that up. I could, I you could don't want to do our celeb picks? We just got to tell Tallman to be careful what he writes on his uh, picks when he's making them. Oh, yeah, no, I think we can definitely do the celeb picks. I got celeb it's time picks for nowadays. Days. If you're going to cover sports kind of professionally or do your best attempt, maybe not to use those type of names to describe players anymore. <laughs> Cody, I mean, Tallman, whatever. Yeah. Needs to get with the times. Needs to get with the times, my friend. Yeah, it's part of the character, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that character suits him well. But no, I think that we'll make that happen. I think we were looking at the end of this month. Uh, so be on the lookout. That'll be on a Saturday, most likely. But um, always a good time. We make it a whole. We all we have drafted live and in person for this league as long as I can remember. With these two guys here, uh, Davey, I think your first year was last year, right? No, I've been in the league now three or four years. Three years? Oh Jesus! Yeah, I just Did had we... to draft from away. Oh, that's right, because you took over Jack's team. I don't. I don't yeah, remember yeah. who I was thinking of. And then we're replacing Christian this year. So um, yeah, I saw the. I think Ryan, yeah, Ryan said he'll take that spot over. So definitely excited for that. Um, you know, content, content, content. Uh, what, Davey, did you think about um, one of the other topics we talked about? What did we talk about? So we did the DB, the practice, the scuffles, the – there was one more topic. The signings, the wide receiver situation. Antoine Wesley's injured, and now we are down another wide receiver and had to sign that guy – I saw him. I didn't see the name. I, I saw. I saw Marcel him. You know, more, yeah. you know what I'm more concerned about is the quarterback position, uh, especially because it looks like uh, Marco Wilson went down again today. So um, the good news is that extension that DJ Humphrey signed cleared up. We got like $17 million in cap. And uh, 
I'm going to assume that one of those older cornerbacks that could still clearly play. Uh, Joe Hayden? Uh, Did he sign anywhere yet? Joe Hayden hasn't been picked up yet. Um, what's the other guy's name? Fuck, there's a few of them. I saw a tweet about it the other day. Well, let me pull up who the, who the remaining three agents yeah. are. Wide receiver, man, we're just going to have to tough it out. You know what? I did see that uh, Andy Isabella apparently had a good day at camp today. Ooh, that's good. I we think, did talk about a lot about Andy Isabella. I think it's time probably just let him run it run it out there, and worst thing that happens is he gets hurt and you cut him. If not, you trade him for a fifth pick sometime during the year if he performs. There's room. Man, Antoine Wesley probably going to hurt more than – we think, but because he was really playing well at the end of the year last year, but at the same time, he was really just filling a void that can't be filled. So, yeah, uh, he's a big, he's a bigger bodied guy who could really go up and attack the ball. I mean, you yeah. don't see that as much from AJ Green um, as he used to be. So, I did see that people are saying he's pretty one. spry looking this offseason. That AJ Green's Good, looking okay. like, like he's uh, 25, not 35. I, mean, I don't know about that, but. Uh, uh, we'll see. Let's see who's available. Chris Harris was another one I saw. Probably. Is that Chris Harris Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's I probably like, one, like you know, and, I, honest, why wouldn't you take a flyer on both of them? I mean, you're not, mm -hmm. none of these guys are going to be getting. Ten million dollars a year, but no. we are getting close to crime time. So yeah, uh, I'd, I'd be bringing <laughs> anyone into camp that I thought could. Help it's rough right away, man. It's rough. I'm looking at a top fucking corner or top wider or free agency list, and oh, Russell shoot. Douglas being the top ten pisses me. You looking at is this is this correct? And it's saying that T. Y. Hilton is still a free agent. I thought that he resigned. He re I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, that's who it was. AJ Boy is another one I was thinking of. Um, Kevin King is still available. Fucking. Yeah, all those older guys, Janorth Jenkins, Joe Hayden, um, Chris Harris. Xavier uh, Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, fucking Pat. I, I don't, has Pat re-signed it with anybody yet? Um, I, I, I thought he only had a one-year deal with the Vikings. I think he did. I think he did. I think I had seen that he re-signed with uh, Minnesota. So, Robert Alfred's probably somebody that's going to have the – he's going to probably sign with us right before the season starts. Maybe trying to avoid camp. At all costs, because he seems to get injured in camp. Mm -hmm. um, Your guys' favorite yeah. cornerback of all time, Richard Sherman, is a free agent. Yeah, um, it sounds like yeah. he is is very comfortable in retirement, though. Yeah, I think uh, uh, he's he should retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, I was watching. I was looking at him and uh, God, what's the guys? Jalen Ramsey talked about what he's when he posted that tweet about who's done what he's done and Sherman and Pat had done it in like a year's less time than he had done it. I didn't really? expect that to happen. And Sherman's like, well, uh, me and me and Pat did. So, uh, and he's like, you know, you know what I mean? He's like, you old heads. Of course. Oh the only thing you had over Pat is a title and you had to be traded to do that. And yeah, the the core the wide receiver position is getting pretty lackluster for us. Um, 
I did see uh, it was Robert Griffin third today mentioned that he thinks that it would be good for the wide receiver room and for the Cardinals in general that uh, um, DeAndre's going to miss the first six games because we're going to have to adjust, and then we get some massive firepower. It's like almost acquiring him at the deadline if he comes in right. seven, yeah, in game seven. But especially being perfectly healthy, not coming off of an injury, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard last... that he looks he's looked ready in practice. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's especially trying to be ready. Um, did Will Fuller resign? I, Ooh, thought... I think that's. I think that's another name I might have seen on that list. With Miami? I didn't think that he resigned with anybody. On this list I'm looking at, I don't see it. I like Will Fuller wouldn't be too bad. I saw it's it's sad seeing like and realizing some of these guys are kind of aging out because I see Emmanuel Sanders and I'm like, oh 35. I love that guy. He's 35. And especially like you were naming off it's those guys re- in the cornerback position. Like that's those another position where once they get up there, you don't want the older cornerback. Well, and what sucks is cornerback position, it's wide receivers 35, cornerback position just 31. Like that's like right. 31 is when you hit that. Like you're like, oh damn, Robert Alford's old. He's only 33. I thought he was like 38. Right. Um, man, I don't know. Yeah, I mean Sanders. There's not a ton left for wide receivers. Everybody went and got somebody. You know what? Mm-hmm. It's, it's what about OBJ? That's the well, I, I'm going to assume now, especially now that uh, uh, our wide receivers coach's kid tore his ACL. Uh, I think he tore his ACL. Is it at the Rams wide receiver? Quick good. Uh, Vance Jefferson. Does oh, yeah, yeah. Van uh, Jefferson? Van Jefferson, right? Is that it? Yeah. Van yeah. Jefferson, I think he tore his ACL, possibly. Oh, that's tough. Um, so that just opens up. Yeah, knee surgery. went under good knee surgery. It's a knee tweak, though. So I don't know, man. I, I've i always expected, because OBJ is in L.A. and he's a, you know, he's an L.A. guy, just personality-wise, that, that's yeah. where He'll just end up right back. Um, but that could be with the Chargers, too, depending on how well they play. I wouldn't be surprised if he looks at the Raiders, too, if they play well. Because him and Devontae Adams would be nuts. Uh, but, yeah, on this list here, he's the fifth best wide receiver, and I, I agree. I mean, he's, he's a stud. Man, I hope so. I'd love for them to keep the tires. But then that wide receiver room would get too cramped after Hopkins comes back. Yeah, you know I mean, uh, yeah. Wesley, only... Wesley's a good fourth receiver, I think. I think Wesley's a perfect fourth receiver. If that's all you're asking him to be. Well, fifth Cause receiver because it... Rondell's the fourth receiver. Right, and you're yeah. going to be having you know those tight ends in the mix too with Zach Ertz and Trey McBride. You know, both of them are good cast the catch passers. So, you know, there's only right. so ma- the ball. There's only one ball. It can only go around yeah. so much. Well, and yeah, and you can expect there to be uh, quite a bit more targets towards Hollywood just because of Kyler being comfortable with him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're all over the place with him having him line up all over the field. I saw the Chiefs are having that rookie wide receiver that they were everybody's really high on that they said was a steal for the Chiefs already lining up in the backfield like Debo. Like, uh, <laughs> 
great, man. Give him give him a year or two, and then he'll be pissed off the same way that Debo was. I well, did you see Debo's contract? How they added like three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars a year worth of rushing incentives on no, this new contract. But... Yeah, they added rushing incentives, so he's <laughs> he's getting paid extra for that shit. And I well, think that's, that's kind of was the point because he doesn't want to. He knows that if he's running the ball more, he's wearing down his career double time, and exactly. he does run the ball way too much for him. Do you think that we'll see, you know, especially within those first six weeks, like just Kyler force feeding um, Hollywood the ball, like 15 to 18 <clears throat> targets a game minimum? Do you think we'll see that? It depends on how much Cliff wants to throw the ball. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, I think he will force feed the ball to Zach Ertz. He seemed mm-hmm. to really target Zach Ertz last year as soon as we got him. Uh, he really liked Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz is really high on Kyler, too. So um, I know after all that bullshit came out, Zach Ertz was the first one to be like, this is fucking ridiculous. Right. The, I I can appreciate that, too. I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but him coming out and doing that small little press conference to kind of come out and say, hey, like, what – what kind of player would I be if I uh, didn't study? Like, I can't. There's, Come on, guys. The fact that you guys think that I could be the type of yeah. player I am without studying, like that's it's silly, but it's also, and that's what me and my brother said as soon as we heard about. It. Like, if that's the case, could you imagine if there just needs to be a little bit more study time? I'm sure now. I know if what, was it. if it fucking uh, Burrow and uh, what's his wide receiver's name again. Just blank. He got his name. The guy that got drafted last year, his best friend, uh, Lawrence. Oh, um, Ch- Jamar Chase. Yeah. So they live next to each other. Like Jamar Chase tried to buy his neighbor's house, and the neighbor, like, he knocked on the neighbor's door and said, "Hey, can I buy your house?" And the neighbor said, "No." But like a house three or four doors down was for sale. So they ended up living close together. I wouldn't be surprised nice. if Hollywood's actually just living with Kyler. Um, yeah. I also at this point, Kyler. I'd like to see Kyler do like what Book did after he signed his contract: find a house, buy a house. You want to see it in AZ Central? You want to see them say, "Oh, Kyler Murray's purchased a home in." Because I know, as far as I know, I think he was staying in a condo out here the last four years. So yeah, uh, that'll show some leadership and some stuff involving the valley. Yeah, show his dog running around in the backyard. And yeah, yeah, all that I mean, good stuff. Fuck yeah! Actually, actually, trying to plant roots. Yeah, yeah, it's important. I, I don't, and I know I get why people always get a hard time for going back to Texas, but at the same time, that's where he trained to be the football player he is now, and that's what he kept doing out there. He had the whole fucking team. Out yeah, there training his ass. There's a lot um, of Texas pride too, especially in football. Like, oh yeah, you know he's they, a, you breed them out there. Yeah, if they they. they Say that Kyler Murray is the best Texas high school football player of all time, and it's it's a that was just that that I'm really glad he came out and said something because he's not the type of guy to say something for him to him for him to have to sucks, but for the fact that he did is even better. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because we we did talk about it a little bit, and I think it when it first came out, it's just not a good look. It's like if you think that's a problem, like talk about it, but. 
to go as far as to put it in a contract and have so many people look at it, the agent, the coach, the parents, you know, and well, everyone yeah, I agree to sign off on that. I didn't, I didn't realize that they, I guess they had sent his, that they sent Cliff and Kaim out to meet his parents in Texas and stuff like that. Um, from what I was told, my dad wow. said, I don't listen to Arizona sports anymore. Uh, radio. I really don't I, either. Not that much. I don't, I don't listen to any of the guys. Uh, I struggle with listening to Dan Bickley in the morning because I've been really following golf a lot lately, and he's a fucking Homer PGA Tour guy who's beating on these dudes in the LIV for trying to make a living for themselves outside of the PGA Tour. Thank you, Davey. I'm glad uh, you said that. I agree totally. Mind you, I like the PGA Tour better because wherever Tiger goes is where I'd go. Yeah. As far as fan and Rory, um, but uh, the, I mean, yeah, it's it's. It's been hard. The way that Arizona sports broadcasters and stuff and follow and and like treat the players is, is weird for me, kind of. Yeah. Even Ga- Gambo's. It's getting old listening to Gambo act like he's the dude that's breaking news all the time. Yeah. And he the number one to- insider. Yeah. And all his Phoenix now. Suns nude. His Phoenix Suns fucking news is because his fist is up Sarver's ass. Like, what are you gonna do if Sarver ends up selling? Who's gonna be right. your insider now? And that's what I wonder with them is like, especially with how much of a strong partnership they have with the the Arizona Cardinals. Do they kind of you know rein it in a little bit with how they truly feel and with how they present some of their stuff? I felt like that, especially like throughout training camp when we're having all this fluff blown up our ass. I mean, I know that's only natural, and especially during a slow news cycle, there's only so much to talk about. So you're going to jump on a story about a good day at training camp and, you know, make an hour segment about it. But I think that's why Valley Sports Plug is here. We're trying to fill that void where people like you, people like me, we're not as interested in listening to the same droning lines in and out, especially with three shows. I know it's the same with us. Like you, you can listen to three shows on the radio talking about all the same topics, and but then they're kind of presenting it in the same way each time, whereas us... I feel like try to bring a different perspective. We're a little bit more irreverent. We can swear, um, spice it up a little bit, have some visuals, and you know, bring it into the modern age with this with this internet forum. Um, yeah, but I yeah, I, totally I think uh, I think you're right. I think that it seems like that. especially the Cardinals, and you can see like Wolf Wolf reins it in when it comes to co- talking about Kyler. It always sounds like he wants to say so much more about Kyler. Uh, and he he's always one that you know. Um, I know, I remember shit the day Ty Kyler signed his signed his contract. We had they had a uh, open lines. I was listening that day. Um, my dad and I were on our way to a job site. And we were listening, and the first fucking five callers all were like, "Does he? Does he really? I'm worried about it. He's getting paid all this money. Is he going to perform? Make if Kyler does exactly what he's been doing." Then, and the coaching changes based because if if Kyler does what he's doing and the coaching is supposed to meet the expectations of their contract and the general manager because they got their six year extensions, then we should be in a good shape. It's hard to match a really aggressive um, general manager like is, is less need over there or in. Um, LA, the guy that says fuck them picks and all right. trades all the uh, picks. Yeah. yeah, it's hard right. to match a manager like that. 
because there's not a lot of dudes in the NFL that do that. But uh, he, I don't know, man. I, I, I really hope we see some good stuff this year. But it's kind of hard to think that we're going to be anything more than a nine or ten win team. Yeah. Well, just one more thing on the ninety-eight-seven thing because I don't want to just rail on him and bash on him. But my last thing I just got thought about was, and for all my criticisms of Doug Franz, maybe that's part of the reason why he kind of stepped out. I know he does have a podcast now. I'll admit I haven't listened to it yet, but I think that's also similar to Valley Sports Plug. He's uncensored, and he just wants to say whatever he he's wanted. So maybe he didn't like it was mutual. mutual. I'm not saying it was a mutual thing. It seems like they kind of dropped dropped his ass. I'll, but I'll say this on the record. And I'll take uh, this will be you can either say this is not from VSP or not. I think Doug Franz is one of the stupidest motherfuckers on this planet. Um, yeah, seriously, dude. Like I said, that, all my criticisms that of Doug fucking Franz, yeah. that <laughs> fucking tweet from that Clippers game in that he tweeted about the arena in game five. What was uh, the tweet? Oh, about the energy or something about the energy of the fucking crowd. Like, there's no fucking way you can blame the crowd. I was fucking there. I was at every home game that we played against the Clippers. There's no fucking way you blame the fucking crowd. Where were you? Oh, at home on your fucking couch? You don't even get invited to the games because you're such a fucking asshole. That's a yeah. fucking kid. <laughs> He's a negative about everything. It's the not the I think I think that uh Bickley is like a I like Vinny. I really like Vinny. I like that Vinny really loves. I think that's the my sons. favorite show. Yeah, um, I just Bickley is such a fucking holier than thou. Fucking, he thinks that his shit doesn't stink when it comes to anything because he was mm-hmm. a, a big writer in the East Coast mm-hmm. before. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, I've been to all the Super Bowls. But, uh, yeah, he always is the one that gets sent to the Super Bowls and stuff like that uh, for us. But uh, yeah, he's just Bickley's like the old man. Get off my lawn. Guy, Gambo. And have you ever seen, have you seen what Sun's Twitter does to Gambo? No. Oh man, they tear him up about his like wife. How she's like twenty years younger than him, and he's blocked everybody, dude. So now one or two people that still follow him that are or that still like have him available will screenshot his tweets and tweet them for everybody in Sun's Twitter. <laughs> Because he's blocked so many people in Suns Twitter. Oh man! A lot of those guys that were doing like the chugging with the uh, fellas last year, uh, they're all blocked from him because they talk shit about him all the time. It's kind of funny. Uh, I and I've met Gambo in real life. He's cool. He's nice. He stopped and took a picture with me and talked to me for a few minutes. We went to a that one of those like uh, the Diamondbacks where you go to Salt River Fields and you get to meet the players and do the, all the baseball stuff with the kids. We get to meet him, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I I try and keep up as much as I can, but Twitter has been basically how I keep up with my sports nowadays. Yeah, and with you guys, obviously, got to um, keep up with Valley Sports Plug. That's the best. Place you guys are the only reason I keep up with baseball. You guys are literally our group chat with Ian and everybody, and it's the only reason I keep up with baseball a little bit. Because, <laughs> uh, like I said, I mean. We saw today, by the way, the rest in peace, uh, Mike Hayden's wife. Oh, yeah. Passed away. Long, long battle with cancer. That's really sad. Yeah, two years of it. Fucking brain cancer. Uh, Only 45 gnarly. years old, too. Like, I didn't, yeah. too soon. 
Well, and I really like my kids. And um, my big issue was when the owner came out and said that the MLB is making a mistake for pulling the all-star game out of uh, Georgia because all that racist shit that's going on, bullshit. And I mm-hmm. think it, all he sounds like is a rich fucking white dude. So it kind of pissed me off, and that's when I kind of stopped following him. Because, like, you know, I'm sure Sarver also loves those type of places, but he doesn't say it out loud, so I don't have to worry yeah. about it. Same with Bidwell. Like, you know, damn well, Bidwell probably fucking uh, had Carrie Lake. Was running, Kerry Lake run or something like that. Those are, it's just kind of people that I own mean, these type of uh, places. One, one, one halfway reasonable point that I've heard to play devil's advocate on why it was bad to pull it out of Georgia or why it's bad for them to back out of any of these places is that you're just hurting those local markets where people, where harmless people live that might have, you know, might not be, you know, usually most municipalities are 50 50, especially in major, major cities. Yeah, but those money that you're making, that city's making, is going right into whatever the politicians have planned. And that's if, a good point. That's you fair. Know what I mean, because uh, they they can say, "Oh, this obviously Super Bowl coming." All I don't think the All Star Game per se in a smaller place makes as much money as it would in, like, let's say it did in LA this year. Yeah, because. Celebrities don't go to the All Star Game right now. Baseball, baseball's not a, not like the, the actual All Star Game, the Home Run Derby. I know that that's kind of where they, but I mean, you see, fucking at the NBA Rising, the game, there's fucking celebrities all over and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I, I don't know, and and I, you can say the NBA is woke, whatever, but I mean, they, it's a league full Definitely of minorities, is. and yeah. to be honest. Right. MLB is almost a league full of minorities at this point. The best yeah. players in the world in the MLB are not white dudes anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a it's it's it rubs some people the wrong way, man. That that, yeah. that trade the Padres pulled off this last week was pretty impressive. They kind of fleeced uh, Washington on it, but at the same time, if you're Washington, what the fuck are you going to do? He doesn't want to play for you. Right. Yeah, they they had to move on from him and yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't I don't blame him for not wanting to sign long-term there either. But uh, I did want to to loop back real quick cuz we were talking about, you know, Twitter and Dave Franz shitty tweets and getting sports news on Twitter. Did you guys see uh, a couple days ago Jay Crowder tweeted in all caps, "Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Believe it's time for a change. I want to continue growth." exclamation mark. Um, to be fair, it looks like he tweets everything in all caps, so not going to hold that against him. But <laughs> Mike, is uh, Jay Crowder requesting a trade here? Hey, at least it's a little bit more in depth than Eric Bledsoe just saying he doesn't want to be here. So <laughs> he's a guy who hey, he, he had his time. He's a journeyman. He's really been around the league already, so he probably has seen his comings and goings from you know his different times and different stops. So. I can only imagine all the stirrings from the Kevin Durant trade and his name being involved and not as much as guys like Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, but I don't know if he just kind of saw the light at the end of the tunnel with this unit and is ready to move on. I mean, I'd love to keep Jay. He's He's been a key component to the starting lineup to this team. He knows his role. He does his, he does his thing and fits in well, but, you know, if that's how he feels – I think as the Suns organization, 
not that you owe anything to anybody, but he's been a consummate professional and has, you know, helped this team get to heights that we haven't seen in the past, uh, you know, 15, 20 years, it seems like. So hopefully we can find a good spot for him if he does want to go on. But I, I'm still holding out, out for Kevin Durant, man. So if he's if he's involved in that, just wait a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. It, it's like every day, just to real quick with the KD thing, it's like every day. It's Kevin like Durant new... is coming to Phoenix, man. I don't give a fuck what you say. Every it's time with happening. a little bit of every time with a little bit of hope is like, oh, we're like, oh nope, it's out the window. The next day they're like, but wait, <laughs> LeBron James doesn't sign his contract until August 5th. And then they're waiting for him to sign his contract because then they can get they can know if they need to get Kyrie and all these moving parts. And they're like Charlie from Always Sunny with the the wires connecting all the yeah, all the pictures. <laughs> but I didn't know that LeBron doesn't sign his contract to the fifth. Is it something like that? that. It was either today or tomorrow. Some type of like extension. That. Or when he can't, when he's eligible to sign it, I don't think he's actually said when he's going to sign it yet. He'll probably do it like he did a few years ago, like walking on a plane with a glass of wine in his hand, like, "Yeah, I'm signing a contract," and then just, <laughs> and then he's just on the plane. But I don't know, Davey, are you? How? What are your opinions on Jay Crowder, either overall or with him, kind of maybe potentially requesting a trade out? Oh, I like it. I, I'm, I mean, I like, I love what Jay Crowder brought to the team. Just like Mike said, he did exactly what he's supposed to. Everybody argued Cam should have started at some point or another last year, but to mm-hmm. be honest, I, I don't think that Cam still has. He doesn't have the legs to be a starter yet. I don't know what it is about him, but it seems like if he gets run out there longer than 28 minutes, he starts to kind of wear off. Those unless he's on fire, those shots start not falling. Um, I will say, if that, I, I don't think that. The Kevin Durant thing was anything about it. I think that he maybe had a what was wanting out even before we had kind of heard about that. I think he had tweeted a few things like probably two or three days before um, free agency started, some eyeballs or devil eye with eyes pointed out and stuff like that. And Jay likes to do that. He's kind of always the cryptics, but yeah, he is a journeyman. And, it, and the, the cool thing about Jay is that wherever he goes, they win. They, it, He's a mm-hmm. and he knows exactly his role. I mean, he, he, even yeah. in Cleveland, is they were winning. He was with LeBron in Boston. They were winning. Um, fucking Miami, they were winning. Was he in Denver for a period of time, or am I making that uh, Dallas? Dallas, that's right. Dallas and Utah. Uh, Dallas and then he oh. played for Utah as well, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think the, the cool thing is that James Jones set. Like when I first heard that contract for Jay Crowder, I'm like, oh, really? $30 million over three years? But at the same time, if you think about these contracts that James Jones has set up, Landry Shamit, $10 million a year, really team friendly. Jay Crowder, $10 million a year, easy to pay off, easy to buy out at the halfway point of the season. Yeah. And <clears throat> if anything, you let Cam play, you hope to God that his value goes up, you let him get. In it, Brooklyn has to eventually. I know that I think I saw, say it, Davey. Uh, I say think it. I saw Kevin, Kevin Rance say the line, with, Davey. Uh, you let him, st- you let him start average 14 a game, and then you ship his ass to 
Brooklyn for Kevin you Durant sh- before the trade deadline, and we still Absolutely. get the motherfucker. There yeah. we go. Yeah, you let KD do his thing. You watch exactly. them fall apart because Kevin and Kyrie, even though they like to say that they're friends, don't work together on the fucking basketball court. I don't think that they do. I think that they are just two extreme talents that fucking um, God. It would be awful though if Kyrie does end up in LA. It'd be so annoying. Oh, that yeah. would be no thanks. Because he uh, wins. Kyrie wins if he ends up in LA. He like him and LeBron know how to do it they'll together. They'll figure. It, they'll find it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They'll figure but it out. Like, and especially if Anthony Davis can stay. But like he healthy. wins the battle. You know what I mean? He wins the war when it comes to COVID vaccines or 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 uh, not showing up to practices because he's going to his sister's birthday party at the club instead or. Uh, taking a week off like the team, yeah. Taking a week off the team because his uh d- his uh niece's birthday party is in Chicago, uh, three hours away, and he's got to take a whole week off for it. And <clears throat> and his whole he thinks he's an Indian, but he's not. And, and the earth is flat. Mm-hmm. That too. Well, we can leave the full. But he sounds like an idiot before you even look into the fact that oh wow, boy, he's also a flat earther. Um, so. Uh, yeah, that Brooklyn team, I don't know, man. I probably would have – I was, was it Brooklyn or was it Boston that offered Jalen Brown? The Suns can't beat any deal that has Jalen Brown in it. It doesn't matter if it's just Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, I think would Boston take offered Jalen. I would take Jalen Brown over Cam and Michael in a minute. Mm-hmm. If you told me that I could have Jalen Brown on our team instead of Michael and Cam – uh, the Suns would win the championship because Jalen Brown can do. Uh, Jalen Brown can do what Michael can, scoring, and Jalen Brown still is a way above average defender. I think I argued with the Celtics fan for a fucking month about this. Their whole team, Jalen Brown. I will say I think he's not as high a defender as he's rated, but they're all surrounded. The argument was that Book's not a good defender. I'm like, oh, that's funny because he was rated the number one defensive shooting guard in the league last year. So explain that to me. Oh, defensive stats don't work like that. But when it came to comparing Jalen Brown offensively to Devin, those counted. Yeah. Um, The advanced stats offensively count, but not defensively. Only if they supported Jalen. But uh, that team is six or seven dudes that are fucking – basically all pro defensive players. Their worst defensive player on their starting lineup is Al Horford, who still is above average defender, um, can defend both the paint and can defend the, the three-point line. Um, man, I hope as long as if we trade Jay, it's for something that's usable. You know what I mean? James Jones, yeah. like, like I think you guys, you guys tweeted that thing yesterday at the – Dwayne Washington, uh, James Jones is playing chess always, so he he knows what he's looking for. It, this is a long term thing. Monty's here for the long haul. Devin's here for another ten years. Oh yeah, Chris is getting older, but there's going to be it, it. You're seeing now that people don't want to play with Chris; they want to play with Devin. So you're in good shape right. as far as mm-hmm. these superstar sweepstakes go. Um. Shit, you hold out one more year, maybe one of those two forwards who would perfectly fit. There's three players I say that this if the Suns could get, they'd immediately be favorites always and would win the championship. And it's Kevin, and then it's Kawhi, 
and then it's Paul George. Those are the three players that fit that exact prototype that the Suns need. And there's only three of them in the league. So it's I, I can't that would I mean be I guess nuts if we got LeBron, Kawhi. But, but I do know that the Clippers there, there's been talks of them looking to kind of blow things up a little bit if things don't work out this year. And there's a chance they might not, but at the same time they also all get injured. So um right. KD cool. included. So um yeah, I feel like this would be the last option for Kawhi. Like, if he isn't on the floor 70% of the season, then I would cut bait from him. He's just – he's only getting older, and he can never stay healthy. And yeah. I'm not about just keeping him out until the playoffs because, yeah, I mean, Kawhi went on that crazy run and has won multiple titles. I, I understand, but he's only getting older. And if I can't have my unit getting – properly cohesive minutes with him to grow. Like I, I I can't waste any more time and effort, you know, like I just, I would just start backing Paul George because he's a guy who's actually on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. He carried that team, the whole Clippers team while Kawhi was out. And I mean, him and Reggie Jackson got them to the Western conference finals against us two years ago, you know? Yeah. That's damn impressive. Even had me worried for a little bit. Uh, A little bit. I didn't think, I didn't think, (laughs) I think that if God, man, if if he hadn't missed those two free throws, that Paul George might have been They're, able to carry him through a series. Yeah, but. their big man was playing out of his mind and giving Zubac, DeAndre yeah. problems. Yeah. Oh, you can't or, believe it! Somebody's uh, giving DeAndre problems when he comes to actually <laughs> defending. <laughs> fucking, don't talk to me about that shit. With, defensive anchor my ass right i think i think i agree with you guys on jay crowder like i do like jay he did a lot of good for us you can't knock all the good he did for us especially through that 2021 run but this year in the playoffs he was a bit streaky uh he does have a tendency to miss a lot of three-pointers but he makes up for it on the other end more often than not i i think i think mike you guys kind of nailed it they got a i would i would like to see him roll out cam and maybe that's what happened maybe they went and in the meetings or pulled him aside, whatever, and said, hey, we're going to start Cam. We want you to come off the bench. And so he left practice like, no, nah, fuck that. I don't come off the bench. I start games. Well, and that's the thing is I don't think he starts for any of the teams that are competing. Like, no. He's not... If he goes to Miami, no. If he goes to no, Dallas, because... no. Those and, are and, two, like, yeah, the places that they're saying he might go. Here's the thing is he doesn't shoot the three as consistently as PJ does in that corner. And that's all Miami asked PJ to do is sit in that corner and shoot the three like that. Yeah, Dallas, he probably would start because that team is kind of goofy, and it sounds like they're starting Christian Wood off the bench and letting Powell start still. Just fucking insane to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't okay. care. Yeah, it's stupid, man. Maybe I really would like to see the Suns take it a little bit easy in the regular season, run out 12 dudes in the regular season, miss – 10 games less. I don't care if you lose 10 games less and you end up a three seed. Yeah. Let these guys fucking chill out. Cause I think that Chris overdid it. Even having the 15 games off, he was fucking trying really hard to get back sooner. So he's overdoing it still while he was injured. Cause he just had a hand injury. So it's not like he was really. And then, um, yeah, I mean, God, we really need another ball handler though. But, if we could just get a above average backup point guard, man. I did see something about campaign and how he plays really well with Dario. 
on the and and the reason why is because Dario is an intelligent passing big man. So Cam knows that if he has to and he's in too deep, which he always is, he's always, always. in too deep. He just can dump the ball off to Dario and let Dario make the decisions that a point guard would make. And that's what Dario's always done. So I'm looking forward to that. I like Dario a lot. I think that he's fun. And he also is an easy contract to trade again at the deadline. So mm-hmm. um, we can literally make up Kevin Durant's salary with San, or fucking Le- – I can't even say his name. God damn it. Ooh. The dude that looks like Trey Young but uglier. Oh, Landry Shamit? Landry Shamit? Landry Shamit? <laughs> Landry Shamit? Uglier? Yeah. Uglier. Yeah, how do you get uglier than Trey Young? I don't know. Because Trey Young can play basketball really well. So, he uh, so his so, game is pretty. So he's more so he He's more attractive to me. Yeah, he gets yeah he's more attractive to me because he's better at basketball. Points or some shit. <laughs> yeah, easy. Landry, Ladies, tell us in the comments if Trey Young's ability makes him cuter. Jesus. Landry, Jay, and Dario right there make up $32 million. Uh, worth wow. of salary. Um, and then obviously we do get this year because we stayed under the luxury tax. It sounds like teams that do that and then don't use their whole middle level exception get like a bonus of money to spend. And we get probably, I think, 11 or 12 million, million more to spend. Um, I, I'm assuming it's we're going to be over the cap system. though this year, right? Are we yeah, but it doesn't matter till the end of the year. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You, like, uh, if you're over the luxury tax at the end of the year is when it matters. And that's when we would be. That's the, the plan. Cause, but who knows who else could be available at deadline? I know yeah. somebody that should be and, and better be who's Kevin Durant. He should be playing with the Suns. But, uh, dude, I can't – there's no way in hell that a dude like Kevin Durant doesn't get to go exactly where he wants to. But at the same time, they did it – the Spurs did it to Kawhi, but – Brooklyn doesn't have Greg Popovich to say, oh, yeah, we'll be fine without him. Send him also, wherever the yeah. fuck. I also don't think Kawhi ever had a strong <clears throat> enough personality to really, like, hold the line like a Kevin Durant will. Well, and where did, You know where, what I mean? Where did Kawhi really want to go? L.A.? Yeah, I think that's he either wanted to go to the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah, I think yeah, he and just the, wanted to go to L.A. and wanted to go that. back home. The Spurs did what they were supposed to. You trade your, the star player to another conference so you don't have to fucking deal with them. And that's what Brooklyn should do. The fact that they're even entertaining the idea of letting Kevin Durant go to fucking Boston, yeah, so Boston beats the shit out of you for the next ten years, Wild. is insane to me. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin will play another six or seven years just mm-hmm. because he's a freak about basketball. Even if he doesn't mm-hmm. do it well, guess who's going to come play? All types of people because Kevin's a businessman. He knows what he's doing. He's got the uh, boardroom running. I mean, this is a guy that, when it comes to basketball. People that are also freaks about basketball want to be around, and that's mm-hmm. and that's what we're also seeing with Kevin or with Devin, and that's why yeah, Kevin that's why he wants to be with them. Devin, yeah. Um, and and Kevin Durant said on the record when he was even still in OKC, I think, uh, how much he loves Scottsdale. So fucking, and he's single. The only person he probably goes out with is his mom. So <laughs> he's a big fan of his mom. It's a match made in and, heaven. He can bring his mom out to Phoenix too. My thing with the Jay Crowder tweet was the only thing that I didn't understand about it is the growth. There's nowhere else to grow. You you have maximized what you can bring to the NBA as far as what you do. Just you, the championship. That's the only that's growth it. he's thinking about. Yeah. But he won one, right? He's won one or two, right? Uh, I don't know. I think I thought for sure he played for Cleveland. Team. I thought oh. he played for Cleveland. 
when they I won. don't I think that was one of the years where <laughs> or the year after they lost or they won. It might have been the year after they won. Well, I can tell you this much if you sign in with Dallas, you're yeah, not winning he, the fucking NBA championship. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't won. No rings. The only thing that gets a little bit nerve wracking about if you keep waiting until the deadline is the fact that Miami obviously can feel the need more to trade Bam. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really hoping DA just decides he wants to be a star player and plays well for the Suns because if he does, then I mean we already had the best roster in the, or in the NBA last year, give or take. The cool thing is yeah. it looks like Draymond Green really is going to fuck up the Warriors by all the shit he's talking. Hell yeah. Uh, Let's go. Finally. Not that that matters Only really because as time. long as you have Steph Curry, you're probably – well, I shouldn't say that because I, I want the Suns to re-sign Aaron Baines and just have him sit underneath Steph Curry for a year, every game, like he did when he fucking broke Steph Curry's hand. Uh, that It's his fault that the, they're probably as well or as good as they are. Because uh, they ended up with those pretty above-average rookies, uh, even though I think that Kaminga yeah, that was be that good. That's such bullshit. You you have Clay and Steph sit out for one season, become the worst yeah. team in the NBA. Yeah, get Wiseman and then and have Wiggins, and then the next year come back and like, oh, we're healthy, we're here. And Wiseman didn't uh, even play last year. And he's gonna fall. Stretch. He's he's gonna get traded this year probably. I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded for I don't know who, but. Uh, well, he sucks. I, I mean, sucks. <laughs> I think the last the last sentiment I'll say on this is, I I so appreciated Jay Crowder. I appreciated, uh, you know, what he did. Boss man nine nine. Telling uh, one of my favorite things was when New Orleans all made those. Uh, oh yeah. Shirts basically saying "fuck Jay Crowder." That was fucking incredible. He got your back. Sold some with his signatures on it. So really. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he put because he has his own merch store, which is he gets made fun of on Twitter for that all the time. People are like, You're Jake Crowder, you have your own fucking merch store. Who are you? But there are a few Suns fans who Why not? get a lot of his merch. But yeah, that day he did like a limited run of like 500 shirts and signed them all, and they all sold out the day after so, we won that series. Yeah, I, I, I think the, like the one thing though that I'm not gonna miss is how. I understand on the basketball floor you have to have a certain sense of unconsciousness, but the amount of times he would just throw it up and just be completely off, and it seemed like it was consistent where he was shooting one of seven. Like I'm not gonna miss that about like him. the Dallas you know, series. I'm not gonna miss exactly. that. Exactly. That Dallas series is gonna haunt me and Jay Crowder just so, building houses. It's great. I, he, oh, he filled in for what this team needed. He got them to the next level. That's great. Let's see if we can get some pieces to come back from him. But I'm not going to miss for eight from three. And literally yeah. not trying anything else. Not trying to go off the dribble. Not trying to drive. I think I saw two floaters from Jay Crowder in the two years that he played for us. He yeah. literally only shot three-pointers. I, like, I already have that. that with Landry Shamit. I only need one guy who literally does nothing but shoot threes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need four guys who only shoot threes. I understand the game is expanded out that way, but I need guys who could do multiple things. And at least Cam Johnson has shown that he could do a little bit. Yeah, and Jay plays the defense, but you can only see we, he, we, I think that the Suns need to get away from that bulldog mentality that, that Jay brings to the team because 
that that's kind of what gives um, Devin a bad look sometimes. Yeah, he, makes him the villain. Uh, and, and he, Devin's okay with that. He's been okay with that. Was, he tweeted today something about 2012. They're chanting overrated. Yeah. And he's like, I've been doing this that long already. That was and in then, fucking Kentucky. He was fucking coming off the bench, man. And he was he came off the bench and went 13 overall. Yep. Fucking, there's nothing overrated about that. And then though. and then Cam Johnson, he just has to be able to take a shoulder and not be out for eight weeks, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was a little wild how that happened. And I think that really screwed him as far as development. Playoffs, yeah, but at the same time, yep. at the same time, yeah, it's rhythm. I wouldn't say development because we can't talk about development with him. Dude's already 26 years old, he's ready yeah. now. Mm-hmm. It's time to get that going. You got to see what he's you got to see what you've gotten in for this next three months or four months, anyways, because you have his contract coming up and and it's not one that you really want to sign. You would have, for me, I would have rather they had signed him this offseason and really. Because Mikhail kind of did the same thing. He kind of disappeared in the finals, and he lost money because of that. And that's why he got that four-year, $80 million deal. Because yeah. before that, everybody were like, oh, holy shit, man. He, it, we may have another max player already in Mikhail just because. But then he fell off defend, offensively. And that's a um, – yeah, fucking – we, we need to play Cam as much as possible. Either way, if we use him for a trade or if we can see if he's worth his contract. Yep. 100%. Because, yeah, I think it's time. It's time. I mean, Jay Crowder is going to be 33 on Saturday. That's not the oldest in the league by any means. But getting up there, when you have the younger guys waiting in the wings, literally wings in the wings, uh, Cam also brings that length that I like. And, and I like that you brought that up, that he does more, he does more than just launch up the three. Like, especially with Jay, like I don't mind him shooting the three as much because I know he's capable of making it, but it was how quick and early in, in a lot of these possessions it was. It would be one pass. He think he has some separation, so he launches it. But when that misses a few times, maybe maybe pull it back or drive or kick it out or, you know, let let the offense develop a little more rather rather than just be a real hasty. But yeah, man, I, I think I think we're all on the same page here. Uh, anyone that might disagree, let us know in the comments. I love uh, having different perspectives. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what moves get made here down the pipeline. I think we might be getting close to wrapping up this live uh, segment. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, like you guys were saying earlier, it's been kind of slow. Uh, kind of That's what's going to happen when you have, you know, a massive – contract being waited on being signed by your star quarterback matching contracts for your star center kevin durant trade rumors and then all of a sudden now it's kyler doesn't want to do his homework and keith brown drives too fast and uh jay crowder wants somebody to pay attention to him on twitter so that's kind of where our news cycle kind of jumped this week and that's probably why you're seeing some slow shit uh on arizona sports too so yeah. hollywood Hollywood was driving too fast because he was bringing the homework that he does for Kyler to practice <laughs> for him. And then Damn right. shit out of luck, unfortunately. Kyler does his practice, his homework, man. You ever seen him run those plays on Madden when he plays Madden on Twitch? <laughs> <That's his homework. laughs> you, guys, you remember uh, LeBron said something like he likes playing 2K because he can yeah. go look at different matchups and like he how absolutely. 
Yeah, he builds his rosters that way. Is what he builds said. his Yeah, I don't there doubt that at all. Well, maybe yeah. that's why the, the, he didn't factor in. Anthony Davis has a 25 injury rating. Literally made a glass. Man, if Anthony Davis stays healthy, the Suns are the Suns are going to be. Uh, don't put it be, in. Don't put it into existence, Davey. Don't if do we're it. Five seed. <laughs> if the West right, is healthy, seeding gets fully healthy. Wonky, man. Here's the deal. I will say this before we go. I simulated a season with the rosters the way they were right after the playoffs ended. Um, and uh, the Pelicans were the number one seed in the NBA by like 11 games. Just with Zion and, coming back? Oh, with, with like Zion and CJ yeah. on the same fucking oh, roster. Oh, yeah, that's true. I believe that's that. another thing with the, the Pelicans. Like, no fucking way. No fucking way I'm trading Brandon Ingram from Kevin Durant. He's the same exact fucking player. Mm-hmm. He's the yeah. same exact player. He carried them. He he single-handedly almost beat the Suns by himself in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And if all he needs is, I mean, obviously he's stuck with Zion now for four years. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's, the the West is going to be tough this year. And, um, you know, we can say the Suns didn't take advantage of their two years, but I think they did because – now we're not fucking laughing stuff in the NBA. We're past the fucking Eric Bledsoe barber shit. Or man, that that first week of that season was rough. We lost three games by over fifty points. Yeah, um, we moved. Is that when Earl Watson got fired? Earl Watson got fired. Yeah, Portland came in and beat us by fifty three on opening night. I think um, it was the, it was the largest opening night loss in NBA history, I think. The dark days. And then Portland came and did it again a week later. They beat us by 40. Um, that's why I really like when we beat Portland. Fucking, Dave made sure to fucking rub it in our faces that season uh, without even doing anything but just being Dave. Uh, but, yeah, fuck. We're going to see how this, this Western Conference goes. But, man, it feels like basketball is still so far away. It sucks. Yeah, it it's so far yet so close because I think it's what the middle to end of October is when games get started up again. I thought it was Halloween. I thought that they didn't start. Oh, maybe Halloween I remember is. like Halloween being almost opening night. Um, football season will help ramp it up, but even this season, I'm yeah, not that in, I'm not that interested in football this year, unfortunately. But uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I'll pretend keep the, to be interested. Keep the hope, Davey. Keep the hope because we're gonna need to have you on. Because we're gonna crank up the the content as all the sports get rolling. Uh, gonna have a roundtable pretty soon. We're gonna get um, Ian back on here. Matt's not allowed, so remember that he's probably not gonna be back on ever again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just let's kidding. take this to the fucking streets, Chris. <laughs> let's take this to the streets. Let's take oh, this to a, another. Message. <laughs> we're gonna have, a, we're gonna have a, a slap a slap boxing contest. Apparently, holy shit! Will you just chill out, Ben Shapiro? <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I just think it's funny. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like uh, me and Mike are heading out to the training camp on Saturday. We mentioned that at the beginning of the stream. Anyone who is still with us live, the person who is with us live, or anyone listening back, thank you for making it all the way through or skipping to the end. Um, and uh, just real excited. So be on the lookout for for more to come. Uh, Mike, what you got? 
Yes, sir. This has been the Heat Check Live, a Valley Sports Plug production. Follow us to join in on the call, uh, the conversation. Valley Sports Plug on Facebook and Twitter at Arizona VSP. You can follow Chris on Twitter at 1993MFC. You can follow Davey on Twitter at Delmo Sons. You can follow myself on all socials at Mike underscore Benjamin. And please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube page at Valley Sports Plug. Appreciate y'all, fellas. Definitely had a good conversation tonight. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. And um, since my computer is tripping, I am going to do a hard cut, but I do want to thank Mike and Davey for joining me and we will see everyone else very soon. Peace. Peace.